Welcome to the Expensive Science Baby Podcast. Yay. With Chris and Amy. I'm Chris. I'm Amy. By default. <laughs> so, who are we? Good question. Who are we? Well, we are a couple of people who happen to be married. Uh, yep. That's true. <laughs> and we are venturing into the world of uh, IVF. Which is... In vitro fertilization. As I learned. <laughs> not the same as the other one, the EUI or whatever it is. IUI, that's insemination. We don't need it. We'll get there soon. Yeah. But first, uh, let's start at the beginning. So we will tell you a little bit about ourselves and why we are here. Um, we've been pretty open and public about our recent experiences and our stupid new life. <laughs> so um, we are parents to... An only child named Persephone. She was born in 2009. A spontaneous birth. That's what they call it when you... We will get there. When you actively try to have <laughs> sex and you make a child, it's apparently a spontaneous birth. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll get to how she was conceived soon, but... Uh, really? Sweet. <laughs> uh, so she, um, at age five and a half, got sick and suddenly died. And, um, yeah, so... That's why we are actively pursuing science to help us, because we are old now. <laughs> I wouldn't say old. So but... running out of time and <coughs> uh, have a strong desire to be actively parenting still in our lives. Yeah, I didn't... That's a weird... Like, you know, that's all I pretty much want to say about Persephone. If you want to know about Persephone, just go to a search engine, put in Persephone Banks with two E's, two E's on the Persephone at the end. Um, you're going to find pages and pages of her... Um, which is awesome because sharing her is sweet and awesome um, and that's about it people always ask me what happened to her and I say like we lost her but that's weird because we didn't lose her she was taken from her anyway, I don't want to say anything more about it it's... yeah in the lost community there's debate over do you say lost or do you say died because in America we have a weird relationship with death and we don't like to say death and yeah. it is hard to say but that is what happened she has died yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think because yeah it does sound colder I think but Anyways, um, as Amy said, she's older now. She's old now. I'm just more distinguished with gray hair. So uh, I'm not... Gray yet. hair? I'm getting some gray hair. I'm more distinguished. Not uh, all, but some of it. Okay. I, I did want to talk about uh, how, like you said, spontaneous birth, which sounds like surprise. Hey, like, you had a baby. I, was in a, I didn't know I was pregnant. It just showed up one day. <laughs> that's the thing that people say is I was in the bathroom one day and I had a baby. Uh, so we got married. Um... I, so going way back, I, I am an only child, and I always wanted to have children. I didn't, I have a wonderful father, didn't have the best mother since age five. Understatement. Uh, sorry, family listening, it's true. Sorry, you're not going to like that, that I say that, but it's true. Um, so since I was five, I always, you know, for various things that happened in my life, I always said, I will never do this to my children when I'm a mom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I always wanted to have kids. Uh, I don't know if that's the same for Chris. Oh, yeah. I, well, we kind of talked about it. I thought six was a good number. You said that's four too many or something like that. I said, that. let's try one and see how that goes. <laughs> I was hoping for a squad, a basketball squad, but, you know. So we got married in 2007. Wasn't that long ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had been on birth control. Oh, by the way, this podcast is going to get real close and personal with Amy and her body. Yeah, because so. we're going to have a baby. We're going to try to have a baby together. <laughs> uh, but not that kind of close and personal. You're going to get to know no. about my fallopian tubes, things of that nature. <laughs> uh, so I had been on birth control for like on and off for 12 years, I think, at that time. And so what we got married, went off birth control, 
you know, try like the good Catholics that we are. We're not Catholics. But, uh, <laughs> <I'm gonna> say <laughs> what? <laughs> but we tried to get pregnant. How long did that take? We tried for about four months until I started actually investigating how you get pregnant. Oh, right. With the timing and all that. Yeah. So, you know, growing up and you're in uh, what health class, any kind of thing, you look at another person and the fear is in you that you're going to get them pregnant. They right? lied to us. They said you will get <laughs> pregnant if you have sex. They lied to us. Yeah. So for most of us, that's a lie. Uh, so about four months, I started really looking into it. Um, the internet is full of forums and such of crazy... I shouldn't say crazy. That's a bad word. But very intense taking charge of your fertility type of people that um, I learned about charting and taking my temperature and um, ovulation sticks and all of that stuff. So Which I started... I still know nothing <laughs> of. So. so I started taking my basal body temperature and, and charting my cycle, etc. Actually that? watching what my body does. Because a lot of women don't do that. So I discovered I spot for at least a week before I get my period. Okay, so what hold, does that mean? Hold up, hold up. <laughs> Basal body temperature, how is it different than 95.97.5, whatever I'm supposed to be? How is that any different? Okay, uh, so at the beginning, so you, basal body temperature is the, the temperature you take at uh, your lowest. So right when you wake up in the morning before moving out of bed, you take your temperature. Um, and then basal body temperature has to have, you know, like 98.6, but basal body temperature has a 98.6 something. It has two, the, two decimal places. And uh, you start doing that, like, cycle day six of your period, and you do it until you get your next period, and that's your whole cycle. And so it stays low, and then once you ovulate, it goes up. Because that's what happens when you ovulate yep. your temperature. your hormones change a woman's <coughs> uh, basal body temperature. And sure. That's, that's how it. you can confirm you've ovulated. How much does it go up? Like, a lot? Um, I don't know. It has to be a substantial <laughs> enough shift and sustained for three, at least three days. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, some doctors are old school and still want you to do this on pen and paper. <laughs> I remember one doctor handing me paper and I was like, I use my telephone. <laughs> for everything? Because they have fancy apps for such things and I don't have to do any thinking but entering of numbers. Uh, so anyway, I did that. We did that um, actually paying attention to cycles. My cycle happens to be very long, 36 to 40 days. Most cycles are 28 days, which means I have less chances to get pregnant. Overall in your life? Overall in my life for like a year. Yeah. Because so doctors... You're like 18% less or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So doctors, when you're young, don't care about you having trouble getting pregnant until you've been trying for a year or two years in some cases. So it was almost a year for us. I remember being so frustrated and I remember thinking, this is it. We're going to go to the doctor. It's been a year and I had weird bleeding. I thought my period had started. Uh... And then all of a sudden it stopped. And I was and I remember going to be at the store buying tampons and pregnancy tests <laughs> at the same time. Not sure which one I'm gonna need, but <laughs> I was like, well, my I thought I had my period and it stopped, so before I call the doctor today, I'm gonna pee on a stick and, and just see. And I, I had peed on many sticks because I am a pee on a stick um a holic. We'll get to that. I'm sure there's many of you out there like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I know nothing. <laughs> so I I did pee on a stick and I happened to be pregnant. I do remember that. I don't remember you peeing on a stick, but I do remember you saying you're pregnant. Spontaneously. Um, which was pretty awesome. And luckily, nothing went wrong with the pregnancy. Everything was great, right? I mean, 
At least as far as I know, but... Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, not really major things. A couple of things. It just... I know people have miscarriages and other things. We never had to deal with that, which was great. Um, Yeah, I've been pregnant one time. No, yeah, no miscarriages. Nothing like that. Right. And she was born um, naturally just two weeks early. Vaginal birth. (laughs) I was going to say, what's naturally? Like, she wasn't delivered by a store? Well, or... it means that I, um, I went into <laughs> spontaneous or natural labor. I didn't have to be induced or I anything see. like that. Okay, okay. All right. So, yeah, that's that was, yeah. And she, So, like I said, we got married in 2007. I got pregnant in 2008. She was born in 2009. Right. And she was five and a half when we lost her last year. See, we lost her. I hate that. I hate not knowing what to say when she died last year. Um so and... now I'm 35. Oh, you actually used the date. I was going to say mid-30s, but I no. guess. But, but let's back up, though. You're skipping ahead. Oh, so okay. when she was two... So I uh, I breastfed her. Oh, that's right. So I breastfed her for two years. <coughs> um, when you breastfeed... See, these are things you don't know until you have children or whatever. <laughs> when you breastfeed, you don't, um, your period doesn't come back right away. I think that's nature's way of protecting your poor body, <laughs> in my opinion. Nature's stupid. <laughs> so um, my period didn't come back until uh, at least nine months after she was born, but I breastfed her for two years. Right. And so I don't know if that had anything to do with our troubles or anything like that. So when she was two, um, I was ready to start trying, and we had gotten pregnant spontaneously before. So we had, I had just assumed that we'd be able to get pregnant, and we tried for an entire year, not pregnant, a little older now. So we did go in for some testing. Uh, they did, you know, different blood tests, um, pro- check progesterone levels. Um, Chris had his testing, which is much more fun than a lady testing. I got to go in a room, <laughs> and they had a VHS cassette. Yes, a VHS cassette in a VHS player. And it was, yeah, a lot more fun than yours. So. <laughs> I got to have an HSG. HSG. I don't know what it stands for. HSG. Ladies out there in the infertility world, you know what it stands for. But it's where they stick, uh, or they stick, they <laughs> they shoot radioactive dye into your lady bits. And they get to uh, take a picture of your fallopian tubes and your um, uterus <coughs> to see. I think that one's basically to see if your tubes are clogged, which would prevent... <laughs> Throw some pl- things dra- going back and there, forth. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. um, wait, so is that the same stuff they use for like cancer treatment when they ra- shoot radioactive? Okay. I don't know. Well, it's something. It's, it's I know. I, I did get to see it on the, the camera right. as I was in tremendous discomfort. <laughs> I mean, nothing yeah. compared to, you know, contractions or anything like that, but not a pleasant experience. Yeah, my testing was a lot better than yours. <laughs> You're right. Um, and then uh, we had a doctor we didn't necessarily care for. At that time. Oh, is he the guy who, like, I'm going to address you, I'm going to address you because you're the man, and yeah. I may mm-hmm. address you as Mr. Christopher Banks, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very pleasant. Um, yeah, he was a douchebag. Yeah, so basically it was, do you want to have Clomid to start trying? And um, I have a great job, love my job, great health insurance, except nothing is covered for infertility treatment. Yeah, it seems pretty common. Like, companies don't want to bring... <laughs> people into this world to have to cover them with more insurance so we had to decide and i was pretty stressed out personally whatever um and i you know we had persephone we didn't have i mean we didn't have a savings at like at all yeah just you know living life uh so i decided i needed to have a break completely from all trying and everything so i actually went on birth control for my own mental health Kristen liked that decision, but I needed to do it at the time yeah. with the intention that I would stop in like a year. 
And when that year came, basically that's when Persephone um, got sick and and passed away. So. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, that's about that's about it, I suppose. That, that's yeah. kind of up to date. And then mm-hmm. that brings us to. I don't know when we start trying again. I mean, like after April of last year. Yeah. So 2015. So it's been April. a year that yeah. we've been trying. Yeah, yeah, it's been just over a year, huh? And I tried to do the temperature for a while. <laughs> Seriously, ladies, <laughs> you know that taking your temperature at the same time every morning, it's it adds to your stress. So you're already stressed out about trying to get pregnant and making sure you're doing your timing at the right time and all that, and then you're taking your temperature every day. It just, it's, it was too much for me. So I only did that for a couple of months. This cat. God dang, stop it, cat. Oh, we have kitty cats. So sorry if you hear them. <laughs> they like to play with us. Uh, yeah, so I didn't take my temperature. But I did add a thing I've been doing recently. I used to not pee on ovulation sticks because you're supposed to do that. So everybody in the infertility world knows you pee on a stick to see for a pregnancy test in the morning because you want to have a good collection of your urine. <laughs> okay? All right. But... An ovulation test uh, test for the LH surge. The L. Yeah. Okay. Again, I don't know what LH la la hormone <laughs> is. What? Um, oh, L hormone. Yeah. Uh, it kicks into high gear, and that's when it kicks into the high gear. That's what makes you actually ovulate. So your um, ovulation test is checking for that hormone surge. They call it. But for some reason, that hormone collects in your urine in the middle of the day, <laughs> not in the morning. Really? Yeah. So in order for that test to be the best, you should be taking that between 3 and 6. P.M.? P.M. with at least four hours of urine in you. <laughs> okay, so... So that means at work, basically. <laughs> yeah. Pee on a stick at work, guys, or ladies. I was going to say guys. Pee, guys just pee on the, <laughs> the snow. Um, okay, so what was the urine that was occasionally <laughs> sitting in the bathroom in cups? <laughs> was that just... Oh, that's pregnancy test urine. Okay. That's just because when you when it's when you get to sleep till six thirty, but you got to pee at four, you got to make a choice, gals. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. You're gonna pee in a cup and just let it sit there. Yeah. Or are you gonna skip testing that morning? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So occasionally there may be urine in cups. It's it's fine. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, where does that bring us to? Why we're so anyway, oh, we're still, so we're still we on know, this whole let's yeah. try to get spontaneously pregnant through <laughs> through lots and lots of uh, not spontaneousness. Yeah. No. Okay. So we only tried for a couple of months, and I went uh, to my OBGYN that I was using at the time, and I kind of gave her the, the deal about how Persephone died. I'm now, at the time I was 34, but 35 was looming, right? And I wanted to not waste any time we were diagnosed before let's start the drugs and give it a try so i did clomid for three cycles i could do a whole podcast on clomid alone (laughs) yeah (laughs) like why they give that to women as the first drug of infertility boggles my mind it's awful it's hot flashes it's 20 pounds of weight gain by doing absolutely nothing it's uh, mood swings it's depression intensified i should say because i already have depression now it was just awful. Isn't it used for something else too? Like something. No, you're thinking of the next. Oh, the am one. I? Yeah. Okay. I just so that's Clomid. That's my experience with Clomid. And my OBGYN, not an infer- not an RE, reproductive endocrinologist, for those unfamiliar with the uh, Thank you. infertility <laughs> world. Um, so she didn't. Uh, she gave me the drug, 
and she would test my progesterone level at cycle day 21, gals, so you know that means did I ovulate or not, and it was it always came back positive that I was I was ovulating, which for me was earlier. In my regular cycle, I ovulate between days 19 and 24. Wait. Oh, but you're... A traditional cycle, you want to ovulate day 14. Okay, that's fine. Okay, sure. And so that's what the Clomid was doing, but we didn't get pregnant. And I have some, through our this whole experience, we have really good people and good support systems in a really wide, not wide, but like a huge network of people. So not people you might not see every day, but people who know you and care about you or whatever. So one of these friends I know from camp. Um, a camp? Oh, you went to summer yeah. camp. Right, summer camp when I was growing up. Or girls camp. <laughs> Where you hit each other with pillows. What kind of camp? I didn't know if I wanted to say that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just assume it's some sort of weird... Weird camp, probably a cult-like. Where we won't... Salvation Army camp. Yeah. <laughs> Not cult-like. But, um, so this friend of mine is a nurse. Actually, she was Persephone's nurse when Persephone was a newborn, when we were still in the hospital, which was kind of special for me, having a nurse that I knew. Uh, so this nurse now works for another OBGYN, and she convinced me to see her, uh, and she talked to her OBGYN about our story Please help them, basically. <laughs> help them. <laughs> and so I went to this new doctor, and I really, really liked her a lot more than my other doctor. And it's at basically the same place that we had Persephone, and so I had good feelings about being there, etc. And she told, I told her my Clomid experience, and she said, oh, if you've had any side effects on Clomid, that basically means Clomid isn't working. Yeah, thanks for telling me that, doctor. First doctor. <laughs> so she put me on Letrozole, also known as Femera. Which is uh, FDA approved for a breast cancer treatment. Oh, so it's not the same one that I saw commercials for that gave people heart attacks. And like at three in the morning, you see if you've been on Lazera, you oh. and you've had a heart attack. Who it's, knows? It's maybe. probably about the same. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think it's so breast control, I, breast cancer. I think it might be an estrogen suppressor. But it so the the bonus effect that this drug has is, is great for treating breast cancer. Bonus helps people women ovulate. Uh, so the off-the-table use of the drug is to get pe- women to ovulate. And so she gave me Femera, and she also would do an ultrasound, and a cycle 11 or 12, and then give me the trigger shot to ensure that I would ovulate. So once you get that trigger shot, you ovulate within 36 hours, which uh, is even better timing for intercourse. What does a trigger shot trigger? Ovulation. So a trigger shot is a shot full of the pregnancy hormone. Okay. Human growth hormone, H- HCG. Okay. Uh, which is the hormone that women produce when they're pregnant, which... So you're artificially making your body think it's time to ar- ovulate? Yeah. Is that what the whole yep. thing is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So even back then, we're starting with a little bit of science to try to... Yes. We've been using it. science for quite a while. Okay. We're just getting into expensive science pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> uh, so this, I did ovulate. Our timing was better. Four cycles of this, still no no baby. Which I got to tell you, the more accurate the timing gets, the less sex you get to have, which isn't as much enjoyable. <laughs> so I liked it more when it was just like, nah, just whenever, just try to make it work. But I get, it wasn't working for that too. So Yeah, so this doctor was really great, but said, I can't really help you anymore. You, know, you could do this for years and not get pregnant. Mm. Move on. <laughs> so move on, we did. Yes, and speaking of which, if you're ever have this conversation with like people friends or somebody's ever having this conversation with you things that don't really help (laughs) are um 
things like, oh, just light some candles and make it all romantic. That'll help. That doesn't help. At least, I mean, it might help that particular time, but it doesn't help pregnancy in any way, shape, or form. Um, there's a lot of things like that. Did you have any uh, oh, tips that yes. you got? This also <laughs> could be a whole other podcast in itself. Just relax. Oh, relax is a good one. Just yeah. relax, and it'll just happen. Yeah, I think that has to do with the candles. It makes you relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that could you imagine? Let's just imagine. Let's set the scene for everybody in how (laughs) I behave on a regular basis in serious situations. And let's now put ourselves in a house with three cats and let's just fill our room full of candles. (laughs) And let's imagine how, number one, I would think it's kind of ridiculous and be laughing the whole time. Number two, I would be afraid our house would catch on fire. Yeah. Because our cats would be jumping all over on these candles. Yeah, it wouldn't work well. And if we add some, like, Marvin Gaye on top of it, it would work even more. Yeah, so this is not going to work for us. No, it would not. (laughs) Not going to help us out. Um, Nor does it do anything to... Cat, good lord. Nor does it do anything to actually promote pregnancy. (laughs) It doesn't do anything. And it doesn't really help those people who are struggling to get pregnant to offer this advice. I mean, I know you just want to help. You want to say something. It's kind of like um, you don't know what to say. It's one of those situations like when Persephone died. People don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is nothing to say. So just, you know, be there and listen is all you can do, which is fine. But let's let's continue to tell the public what not to say. Don't say, (laughs) stop trying, and then it'll happen. Oh, yeah, that's another good one. I heard about that. If you're trying too hard, it won't. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh, what else? <laughs> oh, what happened before, so obviously it'll happen again. Yep. Secondary infertility, which is what we suffer from. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm, is one of the mis- most, most misunderstood in the infertility world, especially if it's unexplained, which ours almost is. Mm. And it's almost like the... Um, and then if you're in the infertility world and you're secondary <coughs> infertility... You feel bad that you feel bad that you can't get pregnant because you already have a baby, but you're with women trying to, to talk to, with them who have no babies. Right. So it's yeah, it's an all around shitstorm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got um, from a few people, mostly strangers, weirdly enough. Um, change your position. <laughs> you pro- you want to try oh. as many different positions as possible because uh, there are certain ones that won't work well, and there are certain ones that will work well. Um, yeah. And ladies, of course, put your legs above your head. That, that's going to fix it. <laughs> Cured. Do it for at least 10 <laughs> minutes afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So we have issues. Um, and that's, yeah, that leads us to where we are, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Chris, why <laughs> what, are we baby? doing this podcast? Why are we doing the podcast? I don't think we talked about why. You know, um, for me, well, I think it's going to be different for each of us. Um, it's easier for me. I don't have to share as many details about my body. <laughs> but for me, it's um, just trying to document this whole thing as to why, how it is, because I know nothing about it, obviously. Um, how damn expensive it is. Holy cow. I mean, we're middle class people. Amy will argue we're lower middle class, but we're middle class people. Um, Feel the burn. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in a time capsule of where we are yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and where we now. are, Minnesota, every county, Bernie. Anyway, well, that's true. It was, <laughs> um, yeah. For me, it's just a time to document the journey and see how it's going. And to if there's any, it's a good place to go if you don't know anything. Amy knows a lot because she's been forced to learn a lot. <laughs> and well, you may not know what the what the acronyms stand for exactly. You know a practical sense of what's going on and how it's working. But there's so. still a ton I don't know. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's why we're. It'll be interesting every week to see what we learn and what we didn't know before. So. Yeah, so that's one reason I want to do this. Is like I said, we were very open through our our loss process, and I felt um, 
a lot of support by being so open, support from strangers around the world, for example. I also, and I still continue to blog about um, my grief and mourning experiences, and, and I, I like that as a way to, I feel that I can share with people, help people understand what being a grieving parent is, because that's a grieving forever kind of deal. Yeah. It's not something we're going to get over. No. Um, but this podcast, I thought, would be good to also share and help people who are considering going through this or in the infertility world. Also, I'm a comedian. I do a little improv. So I'm hoping that maybe this will be kind of funny, too. Because <laughs> infertility sucks. So let's try to laugh about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I was just... Who was I talking to? I don't know. I, somebody texted me and said, I don't share with people well. And this is something I've always known about myself. It doesn't work. when I'm, I don't share well when I'm talking. I like to write and share with people. Um, I, it's kind of like a you put it out there, you put yourself out there, people can judge it, and you don't need to see the judgment, I guess. Maybe that's one thing. But it helps to share, um, and it helps to talk about it, even if you're not good at it. And this is kind of like writing because it's just you and a microphone. So it's the same basic concept, you know. Yeah. Oh, and if you couldn't tell, Chris is a, is a writer. <laughs> Did I mention I'm a writer? And Amy is a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a couple choices, right? Be, when we, when we, oh, let's talk about our doctor, the first doctor, our recent appointment we went to. The very first okay, one so that we kind of went to. In our area, there's like four different um, reproductive medicine clinics or doctors. I think there are about four. I thought there was and one. I, I don't, know. we need to make an agreement. Um, so we haven't talked a lot about the podcast with each other. We were saving it for the podcast. Uh, so this is a thing that we should make, let's make an agreement. Okay. <laughs> like uh, that not, one movie. Yes, and. Um that we're not going to name the doctors or the clinic. That's fine. Yeah. That we're we going did, to. I don't think anybody cares anyways. But, I mean, we're going to have great experience with them, and we're probably going to have some crappy ones, like the one I had today. Yeah. So oh, I don't want to... Kind of. So yeah. I don't want to name them, period. But we picked one. We should keep score, though. So we had our first doctor, the dude who was terrible. Years ago. Years ago. I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, we had... You had your first lady doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, lady doctor. Who you liked, or wait, what would you call wait. it? Wait. What? Ladies can be doctors <laughs> i know what are the odds <laughs> um would you call that a positive a negative or a kind of a net neutral she, she was a fine OBGYN. neutral i'd be neutral okay and then super OBGYN. which you really like really liked her so so far we're batting 500 basically yeah and then um so we picked randomly a clinic now when you go through the clinic picking <coughs> uh experience <laughs> not only do you have to like how do you pick I don't know. Apparently, you look at statistics. I'm not a statistician. I am. I have friends who are. <laughs> Chris thinks he is. But, like, I don't know. Do I really? I don't know. So that's hard. And then once you do pick one, be prepared. It's going to be at least two months before you can go in and meet them. Yeah, that's what... That's at least what two months. I was surprised by that. I was like, wait, we make an appointment and we wait two months? Like, and are we in that, Canada? That one appointment... <laughs> To go in and get information and even wonder, are we going to do this or are we not? That's going to be $400. Oh, yeah. $400 just to go in and talk about our options. <laughs> yeah. And so I felt like we were picking, period. Yeah. Like, we're not going to just shop around for $400 yeah, a time. Because keep in mind, insurance don't give a fuck about having no. a baby. Insurance wants to keep you alive once you're here. It's kind of like the Republicans. They don't want to stop life coming they coming into the world, but they want to take care of them once they're here. It's very strange. I, sorry, bye, listeners who are Republican and Canadians. Nice we'll just you. we're gonna do our best to insult everybody. Sorry. I so, will say this: 
speaking of Republicans, <laughs> people <laughs> no people like to say uh, if men got pregnant, we would there would be no question abortion would be covered by insurance. There mm. everybody would be pro-choice. I happen to agree with that. I think also if men became pregnant. Infertility treatment would be covered as well. <laughs> yeah, because probably. that's a natural, normal thing a man's body should be able to do. That's true. But it's a woman's body, so who gives a care? Well, it's our, our job to tell you what to think about your body, as we all know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now let's take a, let's pause and welcome back our conservative listeners. <laughs> Infertility affects us all equally. Please stay with us and listen. <laughs> yes. Um, so we got to this doctor. Uh, I liked him, but he was really somber. Well, let's... Yes. So we're talking about the doctor. Are we going to talk about our entire experience of going to this clinic? Sure. Okay. Uh, so we're going to go. It's a 9.45 appointment, which is ungodly early for Christopher. Yeah. 9.45 <laughs> is not cool. <laughs> on the weekends, especially. So we go. And on, on my... I will call out Reddit a lot. Uh, my The forums I'm currently active in are all on Reddit. Hello, ladies. Um, <laughs> and... A lot of them were talking about their experiences in their clinics, and a lot of them have pictures of babies everywhere in their waiting area. Mm. Babies, 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 babies. And if you're struggling with infertility, that's a hard thing to see. Seeing babies is hard, because it's a thing you really, really want, and it's a thing that's very challenging for you to get. So I was curious to see what ours would be like, and so the first thing I looked for in that place was what's on the walls, what's on the walls. But there were no pictures of babies. There was actually a sign, a very nice little sign that said, please... (coughs) Um, arranged child care. It can be hard, for, difficult for our patients to see children running around. So, I mean, I, that part of it for me was very supportive and I was happy with that. Um, I, uh, so when you make your appointment two months in advance, they send you a, a huge packet of paperwork, right? <laughs> and you have to sign all your documents and send them to all of your clinics for your medical records to be transferred over. We did that. I, we filled out all of the information, our, our brief medical histories, you know, have you ever had, I don't know, diabetes, cancer, whatever, did that, left those beautifully filled out packets on my desk at work. Yeah. So we get there and there's no paperwork <laughs> to be had. <laughs> and they were not, I mean, she wasn't like mad at us. No, but you could tell. She was like, she well, I can't like, call the doctor until you yeah. filled out all your paperwork. <laughs> yeah. And speaking from my perspective, which I will say is the male perspective... Um, I didn't notice not noticing any babies there on the walls. It's just not something I... I mean, if they would have been there, I probably would have taken notice. But since they weren't there, I didn't even think about it. So it was interesting to have your perspective about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we filled out our paperwork. Again. <laughs> and then uh, we sat and we waited. Waited for a while. I think because he was reading our paperwork. <laughs> Could have been. And in my opinion, I what I do for a job is I see people. And I have to look at their files, certainly not as intensely or as detailed. He knew we were coming. It wasn't a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> two months, two months ago, he knew we were coming. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at those files. Uh, but he did call us in, uh, older fella. Very somber. somber. Um, he did read about Persephone, and he did say, you know, I'm sorry about your loss. Yeah. I, thought that, I thought that was nice that he, he acknowledged it. Yep, and I was wondering if that was the reason why he was so somber, or if it's because he has to tell people a lot that they can't have children very easily, or what? I don't know. All I know is he was older, and he spoke in very monotone voice, and I, yeah, it was very dry. It felt like I was in an English comedy tour, basically, so. Yeah, but he was, gave us a lot of information, and so then we had to make a, we, then it went, now it was our turn to decide what to do. Right, so. right. So we had a couple options. 
IUI is an option. IUI. <laughs> or IVF. IVF. So IUI is uh, interuterine insemination. So. And that's when they. So hey, I'll it, get it. I'll get it. No, go ahead. All right. <laughs> I would take probably Femera again, the same drug I was using before, which I which we knew I ovulated on. Causes you to ovulate. Again, an ultrasound. Do I have a, a big, nice follicle? Don't know what on that the means, but I'll take your word for it. So you have an ovary, <laughs> and then within it are eggs. When an egg matures, it goes into creates a follicle on the outside <coughs> of the ovary, and then when it's time to ovulate, the follicle, the egg bursts forth from the follicle. Does it really burst, or is it like slowly merge? Every time I've read in a document <laughs> or a sciencey book, it bursts. It bursts forth. Okay. Yeah. By the way, you didn't. Did you mention the test you had to take where they like counted how many eggs you had left or something? You were pretty proud of that, I think. Oh, I didn't get to that. <laughs> You're like, I have so many eggs. So, okay. So here's why insemination or IVF is an option for us. So what is it that is wrong with us? God. Now we've now all the religious no. view listeners are gone. <laughs> so what is causing us to have difficulty getting pregnant? Right. It's not some people have a for sure thing. Right. We have kind of maybe things. So a couple maybe things. That I mentioned sucks. my cycles are really long. And so that one doctor told me that could be my egg is already um, deteriorating by the time it, it I actually ovulate or it, by the time it bursts forth. That's been debated by other doctors. So I'm not sure about that. Okay. But timing wise, that's a challenge for us. Because I only I ovulate so late in my cycle. You don't know when it's going to be bursting not or when it's not going to be bursting. Sure. Right. Sure. And then Chris got to have his tests. Yep. And my motility? Is that what it was? No. So when they do a semen analysis, guys. That's when you <laughs> get to go into the room with the VHS <laughs> tape. Because how do they still have VHS tapes? Yeah. So Chris has had this done three times. Yep. Twice more recently, which are probably better numbers. Yeah. Um, they test for number of spermies. Uh, how well do they swim? And how normal do they look? Right. Normal-looking sperm, they believe, are more likely to be able to fertilize an egg. What was that called again? Morphology. Morphology. That's the one that was really low. So his morphology isn't so great. No. The morphology isn't great. Um, doctors, some doctors are like, that can be an issue. Some doctors are like, we don't know if that's an issue. And some doctors are like, I don't pay too much attention to that Yeah, issue. so the only time morphology has been studied is in IVF studies, where they're taking the, the spermies out and the egg out and actually doing the work. And so that's why it's debated if that yeah. even matters. I like to take the King George VIII approach and say it's never the man's fault, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's some combination of the two. So. Yeah. So that's what we have. So that's why, and also knowing that we did in the past have a successful pregnancy. Spontaneously. Birth, spontaneously. <laughs> that's why insemination is an option for us. Right. So that's the IUI one we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. IUI, per cycle, $1,500. Right. So... But IUI increases, so how he explained it, I thought he explained it pretty well. Two healthy c people should have about, especially if they're you know younger than us oldies, um, it has about a 20% chance of getting pregnant every month. It's like 16%. It's, it's 16 to 20. Lower. yeah. And with IUI, they're increasing the, the chances we have up to 20. It's never, ever going to get higher than 20. <coughs> Because what I didn't know, what he told me, what he said to us, which surprised me, because I've looked into all this business. On Reddit. On Reddit and, and other various and things, the interwebs, <laughs> is that you may ovulate, but depending on maybe how your body is that moment, your fallopian tube might not catch your egg. 
I didn't know about that. It just burst Here in I too thought, far. <laughs> all I had to worry about was my ovulation and the ovary and the follicles. But now i got to worry about the tubes, too? Yeah, and that's just on your side. <laughs> now we got to worry about what's going on down below for me and how well things are moving and which direction they're heading. And it's a lot of ifs. So, yeah, I think with IUI, they said about a 20% chance. And then the national average for miscarriage is like 16% or something like that, 18%. One in four miscarriage. That's normal. That's right. not just IUI. Babies. No, no, no. Just, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, just yeah. in general. So let's say you get that one in five chance. I think it's actually a little lower, but... Um, the one in five chance, and then you got to worry about another one in five chance, one in four chance of a miscarriage after that, and that's fifteen hundred dollars. And that's just for the procedure. Is that with drugs or? I believe he said entire cycle. Yeah, fifteen hundred. I think that's right. So, so that's one shot. I mean, we could do that for as many cycles as we wanted to. I guess we yeah. wanted to pay for. Yeah. Or we could do IVF, which one cycle of IVF for our age. And it's not our age. It's my age. Man's age doesn't matter <laughs> at all. It don't matter. <laughs> and here's what I thought, too. Henry VIII. So here, the test Chris is talking about was AHS, which is a hormone they test, which tells them how many eggs I have left in my body. So I thought that's pretty amazing that they can tell that. And I was really nervous about this test because, you know, you want to make sure you want to have a lot of eggs. <laughs> you need a lot of eggs for this process. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, it's like that would be another de- really depressing thing that you're yeah. like, geez, I don't even want to. And some women do have to do it, yeah, deal with low AHS. You have to deal with that. I mean, AHS. Or AMH. It's AMH, not AHS. Image. A- I think it's AMH. Oh, ladies, you'll be so disappointed to me if I don't know this no. correctly. Um, but mine is higher than average for my age. Yay. So I felt pretty proud about that. So I thought because it was higher than average for my age that I might have a higher likelihood with all these statistics and whatever you but no, all that matters is how old I am. Yep. <laughs> Which I thought was very depressing. And I am 35. <coughs> so now I am an advanced maternal age. Yeah, you're step two on the maternal age on this chart. Not advanced. Step, what does the chart say? It says 35 and under, step one. 35 to 37 is step two. Then we got 38 to 40, 41 to 42, 43 to try to make me feel better. I'm still yeah. 35. You're step two. You're fine. Um, okay. So yes, then we have the IVF. IVF basically has about a 60% chance of working. That's not true. It's 40. No, no. Oh, one... oh, I'm sorry. It's 45. I, I was looking at the wrong age category. Yeah. 35... If I was younger, it'd be 60. <laughs> 30... Yahoo! Actually. <laughs> There'd be no question yeah, if I was younger. If you were 34, what's wrong with you? <laughs> then you're, apparently your odds go up apparently 15%. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is just studies. Um, the numbers are going to change well, this cl- dramatically the, the by numbers, individual. Well, the numbers we're looking at are from our clinic. Right. Because every clinic takes their own stats. Right. So, sorry. At our age, your age, because they don't care about me, it's 45% for IVF. And again, after that, you have about an 18 to 20% miscarriage rate. Um, it says 18% here. I'm assuming that's about right. One in five. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So, 45% is a lot better than... 20 16 to 20 percent where we if that's everything's working right i mean that 16 to 20 percent like you were saying is if everything's working right mm-hmm. if, if the egg's coming down if everything's sitting down if it's not if my tubes are where they're if, supposed if to be everything's going where it's supposed <laughs> to be and which we don't even know we it could be completely wrong random it could not we don't even know so that cycle to get you to 45 percent total including drugs is going to be about $16,000. Yeah, $16,000 or about 10 times as much as one round of IUI. Mm. Your odds go up obviously significantly. Um so that's kind of well actually we 
I had a friend run some numbers to see what was the best cost benefit analysis. Well, of we these haven't numbers. even talked. We should. But... I know. I just want to say I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna say that's the reason why we chose IVF. Oh. Okay. But we can talk about the numbers now and other stuff. Well, so we chose IVF for the, those reasons. We're going to do it. Um, but now we have to decide. And, and here's the thing that stresses me out the most. It's not the IVF process yet. I'm sure I'll get there. But what I'm stressed out about right now is is the money, certainly. But, like, what do we choose? So we can pay by cycle. Typically, I think they, if you don't have a live baby by three cycles, I don't, I think they talk to you about maybe this isn't the best option for you. But um, we can pay cycle by cycle. So the cycle itself ranges in between 10 and 13,000 plus 3,000 for drugs. Plus there's a few small things that they tell you, they don't tell you about until I think later I, on. I think I added that between the 10 to 13,000 cuz our doctor said it would be 10,000. Some of the things we've been reading keeps adding things which I think it puts keeps, it to 13,000. It keeps adding up more. So after we're that, guessing though. total 16,000 per cycle. Yeah, that seems a little bit low to me, but we'll average it about 16,000. That's probably about what it is. But they, there's this company that offers insurance. Yay, insurance, which everybody <laughs> loves and is so great at not giving you insurance when you're trying to have babies. Do you have that information in front of you? Uh, I I know most of it. But I, isn't it, is it 32000 or 26000 It is more. Okay, no, wait. Okay, so a typical cycle is, you're right, you're right. There's about 13000 with drugs and everything else. So they don't give a fuck about drugs. They're not covering your drugs no matter what. So every cycle, it's not in there. Um, it's going to be... Oh, good. It's going to be about 3000 for drugs each time, right? Yeah. So this insurance company, um, we could pay $27,000 for the cycles plus 9000 for drugs. For three cycles. For three cycles. So if you get pregnant on the first cycle, so, I'm sorry, right. give a live birth on the first cycle, it's only going to be 3000 for drugs. Right. Right. But for all three, so it covers three cycles, not including drugs, $27,000. Right. You have three tries. If you do not have a live baby after your third try, you get that $27,000 back. Which seems which you, great. Which you could use then maybe if you wanted to pursue adoption, things like that. Or some other weird science medical experiment that sure. nobody has done yet, like impregnating males. <laughs> Danny okay, DeVito Arnold. style. Arnold, I'm sorry, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> um, style. <laughs> but uh, what happens, but what if, what if we're successful and we get pregnant on our first try? We've just spent $30,000 where we could have spent maybe 15000 Right. So this is what stresses me out. Yeah. So here's our options. Um, we do it cycle by cycle, which Amy said is about 16000 Probably right. going to be about thirteen, and then the 3000 for drugs. We should just take off drugs because we have to pay for drugs regardless. So let's not worry about drugs. But, but I want to worry about drugs because we still have to pay for it. Well, as far as... We can, can, we can right now afford one cycle. Right. Maybe two. Yeah, it depends if people buy twins tickets or not. Buy twins tickets. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's put it at, um, what we said about 13000 per cycle? Yeah. So three cycles is 39000 approximately. Yeah. Is that with meds? That's without meds. That's without meds. So about forty grand. So this is this one costs twenty seven, and we get three tries. Yeah. We could, so that's roughly the cost of two tries, right? Yeah. So you're basically getting one free try if you do this insurance thing. But <laughs> if you get pregnant the first time, you've lost a lot of money. You've lost approximately $20,000. If you get pregnant the second time, you probably lost about $5,000, something like that. And that's how they make their money because people 45% of the time have get pregnant the first time and then they just keep all that money. Because they keep all the money regardless. If you get pregnant the first time, they keep all the money. 
So that's why this podcast is called Expensive Science Baby, because <laughs> when you're using science, babies are expensive. Wow, are they expensive. And that's before they even come. Everybody knows babies are expensive when they're here. But Oh, I'm not right about that. No. We've, we've, that's nothing. We've dealt with that. <laughs> yeah. Well worth the cost once you have a baby. Um, it's getting to that point that is the difficult decision. And we haven't actually made a decision yet. We have not. So um, I guess uh, tune in uh, next week <laughs> to see what we've decided because we have to decide yeah. at some point. So like I said, we can afford one, maybe one and a half cycles right now with what we have in the bank. Uh, but if we went through this insurance pro- program, we'd have to finance quite a bit of it. And so that's a thing we need to talk about. Yep. And, we... and lucky for us. There are financing companies out there oh, that will of course finance they are. Yeah. at a rate of <laughs> oh, yeah. between three and thirty percent, depending on your credit score, because because <laughs> they really want to fleece you for that money. Yeah, um, it kind of shows you how it shows the person borrowing the money how desperate they are. If they like, we'll give you at a twenty five percent rate, which is like a cutthroat rate. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, again, we have a really, really the re- only the only reason we can actually afford to do this once in general is because we have a very helpful and very supportive community of friends and family around us so um we'll see how it goes uh yeah Yeah, so like i said uh stay tuned next week (laughs) to see if we are gonna go cycle by cycle or if we uh decided to go with this insurance company and we'll let you know how our friend who ran the numbers if he approves or disapproves of our choices, as he is like a robot. <laughs> with a heart. With a heart. Uh, so he'll, he will tell us if we chose poorly or if we made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, um, that's great. Uh, I think that our, what is this, our premiere episode, number one, our virgin mm-hmm. episode, if you will. Okay, so before the next podcast, we will, de- we will have decided uh, what, what money we're going to use or I, what have you. We'll have a pretty good, yeah, we think we'll decide... Yeah, I don't know. But we also have some other things to do. What do we have to do? So, yeah. So they sent us this packet. And I didn't read this packet right when it came because it stressed me out to see this packet. And then I had to make an appointment, some appointments today. I played phone tag for two weeks with this lady. You can't see the packet, but it reminds me a lot of Persephone's, uh, her workbook she had to, mm. for school mm-hmm. where she had to write every day and do her letters and everything. It reminds me a lot of that. So what do we got to do for next week? Yeah, so um, you have to... Make an appointment for another uh, sperm analysis. See, the reason I hate sperm analysis is because you have to be <laughs> abstinent for like five days before. <laughs> and that's not fun for anybody. Um, when is that? Oh, I just have to make the appointment. You just have to make the appointment. Okay, okay. And the reason, so we know his numbers already. So I'm sure they're going to confirm the numbers. But they also, they need to, because there's two ways to do IVF, science wise. They can take out, so they take out my eggs. That's part of the process. That's going to happen. But then they also... Um, Chris makes his deposit and they could either put the spermies next to the egg and let them do their job or if they're not good at doing their job they can actually oh yeah they can actually put the spermie into the egg and fertilize it manually which of course costs more money that's ICSI which which is more expensive (laughs) but that's what his uh, analysis is going to tell them and my guess is so here's my guess guys everybody my guess is they tell everybody you have to do ICSI. You think so? Yeah. Because no. why not? It's more money for them. But. Why not? Why wouldn't they say that? Because they're like, it's fine. It'll happen anyways. Or can they like just put them there and if nothing happens, then they do the thing? Or do we have to decide beforehand based on the numbers? I think we decide beforehand. It'd be better if they just put them there. They're like, nothing's happening. Then they do that. Then they charge us the extra arm. Where's a leg? Which one do they charge for that? I don't remember. <laughs> one of the two. And then um, my favorite, most surprising part of this whole process of doing IVF 
is, ladies, I get to go on birth control. <laughs> Welcome back to birth control. <laughs> so that'll be fun. So they do that to regulate your cycle in some way, right? Well, the doctor described that uh, they are now in charge of what my body does, <laughs> not my body. And so the birth Much control... Much like Republicans would like. Stop Fire that. Republicans. <laughs> so anyway, that, that might be a thing I do before... Uh, before the next podcast, but I don't know. That depends on my crazy cycle, which, as we know, is oh, really yeah. long. It's like Could 40 days. Whatever. So it's during my May cycle, so that'll be a while, actually. Okay. So we both got something to do. Um, sounds good. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, go ahead and... Uh, oh, boy. You can email us, but we don't have an email address yet. Damn, I need to set up an email address for the podcast. Um, so don't email us. We'll probably have a Facebook page by then. You can leave a comment on the Facebook page. Hmm, um, on Facebook? Really? Okay. Well, it's a podcast. It needs a Facebook page, right? <laughs> it also needs an email address. Um, if you have any questions or comments or you just want to talk, uh, give us something to talk about on the next podcast, um, yeah, drop us a drop us a, a Facebook comment. Um, I think that's it. Uh, you got anything else? That's it. Okay. Thanks for listening.